Well, hey, it is time to celebrate Christmas. Who is ready to celebrate Christmas? All right. Uh, otherwise known as Advent, for some die-hard liturgical fans, if uh, anyone knows what that means. I'm going to begin a new series today, and we're going to call it The Invitations of Christmas. I wrote a Christmas book. <laughs> Never thought I would write a Christmas book called 25 Invitations of Christmas. I figured... Well, if I just wrote a Christmas book, I might as well give a sermon series based on the book called The Invitations of Christmas. And this is an Advent sermon series. We are in week one. The title of today's sermon is The Invitation is Now. Now, if you are new to Christmas, to Advent, this whole idea, there might be a question that this idea raises for you. The question being, What is Advent? Maybe you've heard this word before. Maybe you've never heard this word before, but you're wondering what in the world? We're going to talk about Advent for the next five weeks. What possibly could that mean? Well, here's Advent. It is a season of time in the church, otherwise known as the liturgical calendar, which probably raises another question for you, which is the question, well, what is the church calendar? I know about the normal January, February, March calendar that we learn about in kindergarten, but what in the world is the church calendar? Don't worry, I have a graph for you this morning because pictures solve everything. Here's a picture of the church calendar. And what you'll see here is that like any calendar, there are different seasons within the church calendar. If you take a look over here on uh, your left-hand side, we see Advent in the purple. That's one particular season of the church calendar. We move to Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, which many of us have probably heard of before. Then we have Easter, we have Pentecost, and then there is ordinary time. Advent is a special time on the church calendar. And what the purpose of the church calendar is, is to convey the entire story of Jesus. Because sometimes if you get stuck in one portion of the story, you miss the larger picture. You miss the larger story. So the purpose of having a church calendar is to make sure that throughout one year, throughout every single year, the entire story of Jesus is told. The story of well, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like? And the church calendar It gives space to all the different emotions that every single one of us who calls ourselves human experiences. Because Advent is a season of excitement. Have you ever been there before? You're excited about something, longing for something, hoping for something, anticipating something. That's what Advent is all about. It's a season of anticipation, of preparing and planning. And then you have Lent, which is a season of grief. And we all grieve. And if we don't give space and allow room for our grief, we sort of bottle it up. So the church calendar gives us a space to be honest with all the things in life that we are forced to grieve. So the church calendar, I absolutely love it because it gives space for all of it, and it makes sure that we enter into all the fullness of all of these seasons. And here's what's really interesting and special about the church calendar. Uh, This was developed sometime in the 4th or the 5th century. 
This has been around for a while. <laughs> Quite a while. Followers of Jesus have been following this calendar for about 1,500 years. That's, that's a long time. Now, uh, Advent, as I mentioned, it's one particular season on the church calendar, and it begins four Sundays before Christmas because the four Sundays are meant to uh, talk about peace, hope, love, and joy. We are five Sundays before Christmas, so we are jumping on the Advent train early, but I don't think anyone is going to mind because I sure could use more peace, hope, love, and joy in my life. My guess is that you could probably all use more peace, hope, love, and joy, so I thought let's just jump on the Advent train a whole week early. We'll get in on the action before anyone else does. Technically, Advent begins December 2nd, which is next Sunday, and here's another really interesting part about the church calendar. Advent begins a new year. For us with our normal Western calendar, the year begins in January after Christmas. For the church calendar, which came 1,500 years ago, Advent signals the beginning of a new year. So we are, if we follow the church calendar, we're about to enter into a new year next Sunday. Ordinary time is ending, and we are now beginning something new. Now, here's why I love Advent, because I love Advent. I absolutely love Advent. I didn't celebrate Advent growing up. I learned about it maybe about 15 years or so ago, started celebrating it. Here's why I, three reasons why I love Advent. First, it has a long, rich history. Advent has been observed from at least 480 common error. Just like the church calendar, Advent has been around for about 1,500 years. Advent is not a flash in the pan. It is not something new. It's not something that someone made up two years ago, 20 years ago, even 100 years ago. This is something that followers of Jesus have been celebrating for 1,500 years years. Something with the history that long, there must be something special about it. There must be something that this season can teach us and birth within us. Advent, as I mentioned, it's a time of waiting, longing, preparation, and anticipation for what's to come. For 1,500 years, for four Sundays before Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus, Christians have entered into a season of preparing. And if you are going to have a party at your house, who hosted Thanksgiving this year? All right, we have a few of us right down the center aisle here. You prepared for it. You didn't just wing it. You didn't wake up Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning, like, oh, I think I should go to the store and buy a turkey. No, you prepared for it. That's what Advent is all about. We are preparing ourselves to receive. We're entering into this season, we're anticipating. We're expressing the things that our souls long for. And we take four Sundays, or if you're at Awaken, five Sundays to prepare to receive all that God desires to gift us with this year. Here's a second reason why I love Advent. It's because it unites us with other followers of Jesus around the world. Here's the thing about Advent. Millions of people around the world will be celebrating it. Millions of people will be anticipating and expecting and longing and hoping. There is solidarity in that. When you know there's other people, not just in this room, 
not just in our country, but around the entire world who together are entering into this season and preparing. There's something about that, about knowing that people everywhere across the globe will be celebrating this season together as we prepare for the birth of Christ. And then here's the third reason why. I mentioned I uh, released an Advent book, had a book launch about a week ago. I did a Q&A. One of my great friends was asking me questions about the book. He asked me a question. Why did you write this book? And I gave an answer, but he didn't like the answer. It wasn't sufficient for him. He wanted me to go deeper with the question that he was asking. And so he said in front of everyone who was listening, well, yeah, but it's more than that. Tell me why you wrote this. It's more, yeah, I I get what you just said, but there's something deeper to why you wrote this book. And I've known this guy for a long time. So he knows me. He knows my love for Advent. He said, there's something about Advent that is special to you. Can you tell all of us what that is? is and why you wrote this book and I thought about it and I realized the reason why I love Advent so much the reason why I wrote a book on Advent is because the gifts of Advent are hope peace love and joy and my hope for myself for all of you for all of us is that we would receive these gifts that we would receive more hope and more peace and more love, and more joy in our lives. Imagine what the world would look like if we all had more of these gifts, and we all lived more of these gifts out in our lives. Yeah, we read stories, we hear about what's happening around the world, and our hearts break. Tragedy, war, violence, our hearts break, and and God, we, we pray, could we have more peace? Could, could there be peace to the conflict? Could love overcome the evil that we hear about, that we see happening around our world? And so that's my hope. For me, Advent is special because I truly believe that these gifts are what God desires to birth within us. These are the gifts that God desires to see our world receive more of. We need a season to prepare ourselves, to make room, to squeeze out all the other things that we carry with us so we have more room to receive these gifts. Here's the question, or the questions, because it's hard for me to just ask one question. So here is the, uh, here are the two questions that I want to ask during this series. This is what the entire series is founded on. How do we receive these gifts? Peace, hope, love, and joy. We all want them, but how do we actually receive them? And then how can we have more of the good that our hearts desire? These are the questions that I want to explore together over these next five weeks. And here's how I would answer it. Very simple, right from the beginning. Uh, You say yes to the invitations of Christmas. Sermon series is titled, The Invitations of Christmas. How do you receive more peace, hope, love, and joy? You say yes to the invitations that we will encounter over the next five weeks. You say yes to being an active participant 
in this time of preparing, waiting, and anticipating. Here's the thing. Christmas can happen to you. Advent can happen to you. Or you can happen to Advent. I didn't work that out. I don't know what that means, but it just sounded good. Uh, You can let Christmas, the spirit of Christmas, the busyness of Christmas happen to you. And then you can look back 25, 30 days from now and say, what in the world happened to that season? Or you can intentionally enter into this season saying, I am going to pursue something different than the busyness. I am going to pursue a different way of living than just cramming and moving so fast that I miss the preparation and the preparing, that I miss the goodness that God desires to gift us with this year. Now, let's look at the main players in the Christmas story because I want to show you how they said yes and no to the invitations of Christmas and what happened as a result of their yes or their no. So who is the most, besides Jesus, who is the most iconic figure in the Christmas story? Mary Keaton for 500 points. Yes. Here's Mary. Luke chapter 138. The angel comes to Mary and says, you shall give birth to a son. After Mary's like, whoa, what in the world? How is this going to happen? The angel kind of tells her a little bit more. Here's how Mary responds. Okay. Yeah. She's saying, yes, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary is all in. And then the angel left her. All right, who can guess? Who's the next character that we're going to visit? Joseph. Joseph. All right, yes. I don't know. I heard a couple of people who buzzed at the same time. When Joseph woke up. Now, here's the thing about Joseph. Joseph knew his wife was pregnant, and it wasn't his kid. He found out on Jerry Springer, okay? (laughs) Joseph was going to divorce Mary, But then an angel came and appeared and is like, hey, Joseph, don't worry. This is the Holy Spirit's child. Everything is cool, which, of course, clears everything up, right? (laughs) It's like, okay, what did I eat before bed? But Joseph trusts that this really is the work of God. And so he says, well, I'm not going to divorce her. I'm going to stay with her. I'm going to allow God's work to happen through me and my wife. So when Joseph woke up from this dream, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. Joseph, he wanted to say no because it was really weird and strange. He wanted to say no to what God was doing. But here in Matthew 124, we find out Joseph is saying, yes, he is open. He's receptive. He's willing to say yes to wherever God happens to be moving him. Let's take a look at the shepherds who show up at your manger scenes, your nativity scenes. This is Luke chapter 2, 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, here's the shepherds. They're hanging out at night just watching their flocks. They're doing their job. They're going about ordinary life. All of a sudden, angels appear and say, hey, there is this child who's been born. And this child shall offer peace to you and to this entire world. Now, here's how the shepherds respond to this. They said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. What are the shepherds saying? They're saying, yes, let's go. Did they have to go? No. No. And maybe there was 
one shepherd who's like, nah, I'm going to stay back at the camp. And you know what? I just got the new PlayStation game. I'm going to hang out here for a while while the rest of you guys all go off and check out what's happening in Bethlehem. Yeah, so the shepherds, they were saying yes to this invitation. They were being offered to step into something, and they said, we're going to move in this direction. But they could have said no, and maybe one of them did stay behind. Uh, the Magi, who we sang about this morning, oh, there goes that balloon. The balloon said yes. All right. Nice. Happy New Year. Happy New Year at beginning of Advent. Look at that. It's okay. We're good. Uh, So Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Did the Magi have to leave home? No. We saw his star. We could have rolled over, stayed in bed a little longer. We could have hung out here with our families. We could have said no, but instead, what are the Magi saying? Yeah. Let's see where this leads. Let's see where this goes. And then we come, cue the Darth Vader music. King Herod, Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. When King Herod heard this, when he heard that a child, king of the Jews, had been born, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him. Herod begins to resist. He heard about a child who was bringing peace, hope, love, and joy, and he didn't want any of it. He heard about a child born king of the Jews, but he said, well, that's my title because that's how Herod was known. He said, this is a rival to my power, to my authority. And so Herod put his hands out and began resisting. Instead of accepting and walking into the invitation, he said, I want no part of that. Now, let's take a look. Let's flip forward a little bit and see how each of these characters, how things develop in their lives by saying yes or no. We'll begin with Mary. Mary said, this is a little while after she said yes to the invitation after the angel had visited her. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. What do we see here? We see joy. We see gratitude. By stepping into this invitation, by saying yes, joy was birthed in her heart. Gratitude. Praise. Here's a little look at the shepherds. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. How would you like to live every day like this? Skipping through life. Praising. Being filled with gratitude. Imagine if every single morning you entered into the day with a heart that was full. A heart that was full of gratitude. Imagine what life would look like. There'd be an extra bounce to your step. There'd be this joy that you would carry with you. Everyone could see it through their lives. Imagine walking through life like this. You come across people like this, and you wonder, what did they put in their coffee? 
But imagine if it was just natural, the natural outflow of what was happening within your heart. And there weren't any foreign substances at play, but it was simply your heart was so full that you were just walking around praising, glorifying, being filled with thanks for the life that you were experiencing. Now, here's the Magi. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. There's that word again. They were filled with, not just like filled with it. Like imagine a cup. It's filled up here, but it was flowing out of the cup. They were overjoyed. They came to the house. They saw the child, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were pouring out love. They were pouring out love. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that there was just so much love bubbling up within you that it just simply naturally flowed from you to the people around you. Magi said, yes, we're going to follow this star. We're not going to stay here. We're going to say yes to the invitation. And their heart was filled with more joy and love. And then we come to Joseph, which is a little weird, but when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Angels constantly are appearing to Joseph. And then uh, the angel says, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Joseph got up. There's no questioning. He got up immediately because he knows how things have been going. He trusted. He said yes to the first invitation. So now he immediately is saying yes to the next invitation. He got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. This is a man who is at peace in the midst of chaos. This is a man who is at peace in the midst of the violence swirling around him. He said yes to this invitation, and now he was filled with peace to continue following one step at a time. The world had gone haywire, but Joseph was this calm, peaceful presence in the midst of it. And then we come to Herod, who said no. When Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem. Herod said no, and his heart was filled with more rage, more anger, more bitterness, more hatred. I have a chart for us. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, their hearts were open. They listened, and they found joy, gratitude, peace, and hope. They were filled with life because their hearts were open to what God was doing. They stepped into the invitation that was before them, and it was a disruption. Every invitation is always a disruption because there's so many other things that you could be doing. There's so many other things that are vying for your attention. All of these, Mary, Joseph, they all could have said, no, I don't want that. I want to do this instead. But they said, no, we're going to set everything else to the side and we are going to follow wherever this path is leading us. And they found life as a result of saying yes. And then you have Herod who closed his heart and he found bitterness, anger, anxiety. By closing his heart, he began walking in a direction away from life itself. My prayer for you is that you would open your hearts this Advent season, that you would listen, 
and that you would step into whatever invitation God is presenting before you. Uh, Here's a question for us about Advent on the church calendar. Why does Advent begin a new year on the church calendar? Here's my best guess. Because it serves as a foundation upon which to enter a new year with. We come to the end of a year, and maybe your year was really difficult. We're dragging behind us all sorts of things, and not all of them are good. There's things that have threatened our hope, things that have taken away our peace, things that have caused us to shrink back and and hold our love a little closer rather than giving it away to others. There's things that have robbed our joy. And so Advent, it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. It's a foundation upon which to begin a whole new year. Advent serves as a reminder of God's presence with us. I don't know what your year has felt like, but maybe it's felt like God has abandoned you. Or as if God hasn't been walking with you. Maybe it feels as if God's presence is distant, removed. Advent comes sweeping in and reminds us God is ever faithful to you. Wherever your feet have walked, wherever you find yourself walking now, Advent reminds us God is forever by your side. Advent reminds us who God is and what it is that God desires for you. If there's one thing that God desires for you this Advent season, it's more hope, more peace, more love, and more joy. If anyone were to ask you the question, what what do you you think God wants for your life? I think God wants for you to be a more hopeful person a more peace-filled person. Someone who, has, who is growing and who has more and more love for yourself, for others, for this world. Someone who is filled with ever more joy. What God desires is to save you from all that is dragging you down, all that's enslaving you, all that's holding you in bondage. It's a loud proclamation. You are loved. If you ever question that, every year, Advent comes and says, despite what you may have heard throughout this year, despite what you may be believing about yourself, you are loved. And you're not alone. And hope is on its way. Because for Advent, it's a season of waiting. We all know how the story ends, but Advent is a time of waiting for that ending, and that's how life often feels. Life can feel like a time of waiting. Advent enters into all of that and says, yes, waiting is a part of it, and in the waiting, we trust that hope is coming, that hope is on its way. So the invitation this Advent season is to say yes to the moment, which probably raises a question for you. And the question is, well, how do I do this? How do I say yes to the moment? How do I say yes to the invitations that are before me? 
you make space in your life. You be really, really intentional about not cramming something into every single waking moment, but you make space to sit with the story about the birth of Jesus, to sit with the story and listen, all so that you can respond to the stirrings of your heart. What are you noticing this year in the story? What's fresh? What's new? What's different? What haven't you seen before? What might the Spirit be speaking to you in this story, in those moments as you're listening, as your heart is open, as you're asking God, where are these invitations? What is it that you are leading me into? What is it that you're desiring for me to say yes to in this moment? What's been really interesting since releasing this book is hearing different people's responses to the book. And one response that I've received a few times now has been people will come up to me, they'll say, yeah, you know, you're right. We need to make space. We need to slow down a bit because often what happens is we enter into this Christmas season and then it feels as if everything goes into hyperdrive. We might have the best intentions. We're going to move slower through the season. We're going to experience the season in a different way. But then typically what happens is December 1st comes and then life speeds up. And before you know it, you look back and you realize what in the world just happened to this season? It felt like I was just entering into this time and now all of a sudden it's gone already. But here are two truths and a question. The first truth is you can resist speed. You can resist the busyness of the season. It might take some effort, yeah, but you can say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. Because the second truth is that you can decide where you spend your time this Advent season. You have more power in this than you often realize. You have the power to choose where you will invest your time this season, what you will say yes to and what you will say no to. The question is, well, what do you truly desire from this season? And my guess is, as we've been talking about, my guess is that what you desire from Advent is that you would be filled with more peace and more hope and more love and joy. That if you were to look back 30 days from now and look back over this season, if you were to look at yourself and where you are at that moment, that if you were filled with even just a little more of one of those, a little more peace, that would be a win for you. That if you could just have an ounce more of hope, well then maybe you could begin 2024 from a different place, a little more hopeful than where you were when you entered the season of Advent. Who has seen this Netflix movie? We came across this new rendition of A Christmas Carol last year. We watched it last year. If you have not seen this one yet, I know you're probably thinking, why in the world do we need another Christmas Carol? We already have like 54 of them. Why do we need another? But this one, it, it was done really, really well. There's a, it's a musical, so there is tons of great music in it. Most of us, we all know the story of A Christmas Carol. There's Scrooge. He's a miser. 
he has said no to the invitation of Christmas. And his heart is becoming more and more closed off. He's becoming colder and colder. But then throughout, there's these three ghosts that visit him. And as the story progresses, he begins to say yes, because he realizes that the direction in which his life is heading, it's not a great direction. He's not really moving in the direction that he desires to move in. Now, there is one, and I I don't even know what time it is, so this is going to be up to you. We're going to do an audience, poll the audience. There is one song in this movie that I was watching this, and I was like, my goodness, this song captures what I'm talking about here this morning. Because my prayer is for you that you don't miss out on what this season has to offer you. Now, do we want to watch this one final song to close the sermon or not? Okay, everyone is saying yes. As long as what? I am going to sing and dance in it. Yes, I will, I will mimic it on the side. I'm going to get my banners and flags and all that. Okay, so I'll set this up, and then we're going to flow from this into our final song here this morning. Christmas Carol, Ghost of Christmas Past, is showing Scrooge what he has missed out on. And one of the things that I love about this version of A Christmas Carol is that it really, really shows Scrooge throughout the movie longing for something different than what he currently has. And he's looking back in this song with regret for what he lost because he didn't say yes to the moment. And it's such a powerful reminder that we don't want to look back and regret missed opportunities. We don't want to look back over this season or other parts of our lives and wish that we had said yes when instead we were saying no at the time. And I think this song, to me, it serves as a powerful reminder to say yes to those invitations and opportunities that are before us. And Scrooge has been brought back in time to a moment with his fiancée, and his fiancée is trying to get his attention. She's been trying to get his attention for months, for a very long time, but he's too busy. He's caught up in speed and work and getting everything done that has to get done, and he's missing out on a relationship and connection because he's pouring himself into something else. Can I talk to you? Alone? Not now, Isabel. I have far too much work. Later, later. <laughs> I'll uh, leave you two lovebirds to each other. Come, Boris. Something I 
kept looking for something A measure of security But she was really all you need Kept on telling her later So this Advent, may you respond to the stirrings of your heart. May you say yes to the invitations of God that are before you. May you not say later to the truly important things, the things that you truly desire from life. May you not push them to the side. May you not seek after things that look shiny on the surface but don't deliver on what they promise. May you say yes to this moment. So when you look back over this Advent season, you can be filled with joy and peace and love and hope, the gifts that God desires to birth within your heart.